Welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and future of the next generation. I'm your host, Shane, and for the next few weeks, we're getting to know some of the voices that you'll hear at Orange Conference 2023. This year, our workshops are led by some amazing thinkers like Katura Boston. Katura is the Children's Ministries Director at the Potter's House and Assistant Principal at San Antonio ISD. She's a leader, innovator, thinker, and one of our very favorite people here at Orange. In this conversation, Katura is joined by Reggie Joyner, the founder of Orange, and Kristen Ivey, the president of Orange, as they talk about what it looks like to partner with parents in your community and to lead with empathy. If you want to learn more about the parents in your community, you can dive deeper into our latest parent research. You can find the full report in the book, What Most Parents Aren't Telling You, on sale at the Orange Store and on Amazon.com. For now, enjoy this conversation with Reggie Joyner, Kristen Ivey, and Katura Boston. I think it's so important to push every one of us in this room to understand it is our responsibility on the front lines as church leaders to understand parents, which we're back to empathy. And by the way, both of these two are amazing parents. I've watched them personally, and it has been such a desire of my heart and life to have them lean into parents. And actually, we were in Seattle. Kristen's family's here, Matt, Sawyer, and Raleigh sitting over there at Hensley's. She didn't get invited back. She, she, <laughs> she's doing a play, but yeah. She's doing a we play. were in Seattle. I don't know if you know this story. And we were all sitting at a table and um, just to show how much she's training you know, her children to have empathy with other people, uh, Hensley looked at me and she said, Mr. Reggie, you don't have to worry about your future. You've already had it. <laughs> so... I mean, you know, but I, <laughs> so I'm glad that they're learning how to be understanding of old people. Um, go back to the slide that says, I wish um, you had taught my parents how to be more empathetic about me. Yeah. Or that, yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Just stop right there. Why is it important for us to help parents understand mm-hmm. their kids? And why do we need to understand how to help them understand? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a couple of things happen. Your kids are processing things that are in their environment and the people who are influencing that environment and they're going to work with whatever they have. So they're going to experience it. And a lot of times as adults, we don't always think that we have the answers and we don't just, so we don't want to mention it. We don't want to bring it up because we don't really want to go there. We don't want to go that deep. Mm -hmm. But the truth is they're going to find answers somewhere. They're going to settle on whatever their developmentally appropriate age Mm -hmm. processing thing is going to do does and if we don't be uh, I think proactive about it we kind of leave them out there right they're they're gonna make a decision either way and so we have an advantage if we can just be honest and say they're gonna find an answer what if I could just walk them through some thoughts that would help them find an appropriate answer Mm. doesn't have to be right but coming from you at least you know that it's real it's good Mm. it's good it's so good you know, there's something that's true about parents and teachers, and that's that you get to walk away at the end of the day. I mean, at teachers and ministry leaders. <laughs> parents can't walk away, yeah. That's my point. Yeah, right, parents right, can't right. walk away. And a lot of times, I think exactly what you're saying is as ministry leaders or, you know, in the school system, we forget that it's a privilege and a luxury to be able to just decide not to go there, as you were saying. Um, and oftentimes, a parent or caregiver is like, we, we don't really have a choice and they would sure love to have somebody come alongside with empathy, with fascination, with the right kind of posture, but to go, okay, I'm going to move into this space with you because I realize if I don't, you're here alone. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy for the church to give itself a pass. Mm-hmm. 
to not really do the hard work of understanding their community and the parents and the families and the way the families look outside of their church. And one of the things we decided to do in this research, which for some reason seemed controversial with some leaders in the country, is we actually decided to canvas Christian parents and parents who were not active in the church or who were not Christians. It's like, how dare you ask parents who don't come to church what they're feeling and thinking? It's just complex for me to understand why that was, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it seems like it's so important for us yeah. Yeah. to yeah. understand parents inside and outside the church. As a matter of fact, I'll even make a suggestion that most of you know what parents inside your church think because they tell you. <laughs> if they don't agree, you will hear about that. But when is the last time you had a parent who doesn't come to your church come up to you and say, hey, by the way, the reason I don't come to your church is because? You don't get that conversation. As a matter of fact, some of them don't tell you the reason they're not coming to church, maybe because of some of the attitudes of the parents in your church. But anyway, yeah. what, what, what does it look like for us? I, I just I threw that in really fast. You did. I, I, what does it look like for us to be intentional, proactive, uh -huh. about learning and understanding parents outside of our church? Okay, so I'm thinking here's the thing. If we're being honest, our parents are us and we're actually outside of the church more than we're actually in the church. So seeing parents as like outsiders versus the parents inside the church as insiders is kind of immature on our part. Like if we're really honest, like honestly, I got this from you. You said this, Monday is coming. People visit your church on Sunday. They visit, but they live in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they're doing life out there. They're in your grocery stores. You work with them. They teach your kids. They're your nurse. They're your dentist. They're your eye doctor. They're the person at the post office. Everywhere you do your errands, everywhere you cross paths with people, they are <laughs> peopling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think if we would just... I think mature, mm. right? When do we get so soft? And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like, when do we get so soft? Like we need to toughen up our skin and say, <laughs> let's have these conversations. I don't think they're as hard as we make them. I think the hardest thing is convincing ourselves to actually do it and to engage a stranger because that feels awkward. Yeah. And 2020 made that feel even more awkward. But at the end of the day, we find out that people are just like us. You have friends at your job that don't go to your church. And you can get along with them. And you know the nice lady who mm -hmm. maybe grooms your dog when you go see them. And they might not come to your church, but you have fine conversations with them. You know what their kids do on the weekends. And you have comfortable yeah. conversations. If we took the, the I'm scared or what if they don't receive me well, if we took that out of the equation, right, and just said, let's just talk to people like they're people mm -hmm. and not put myself on this pedestal like That's I'm good. from the church and they're in the world, mm -hmm. I think we could have the conversation That's and good. get past all the sticky That's stuff. great. So good. That's so Sorry, good. Sorry, long answer, short question. No, 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 no. no. I, I think we need to be reminded sometimes because there are times when we just should treat parents, understand parents in, in the real world they live in. Yeah. I also, there's also this thing that happens sometimes because as ministry leaders, you get to see a side of a kid or a teenager that a parent doesn't get to see. And so it's easy for us to misunderstand each other because we each see different versions of a child. Part of the natural way that a kid, person, human grows up is we try on different versions of ourselves to see what fits. And it's normal and natural for children to be different when they're around their peers than when they are at home. 
And so we forget that we're seeing a different version of a child when they're with their peers. And oftentimes it makes us frustrated going, why don't they see what I see? Well, maybe they don't actually see what you see. And it's part of the power of the home and the church leader working together because a parent doesn't get the opportunity to see what you see, which is a group of peers, or to really understand what third graders are like when third graders are around third graders being third graders. Because as a parent, it's this terrible, terrible thing that happens to us where you're like, as soon as you understand a third grader, they become a fourth grader. Yep. <laughs> and I, I mean, so often I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, I know them so well because I've known them for a long time and I know those tendencies they have or those quirks they have or those things that make them unique and wonderful. But I miss the fact that like, I still think they're a third grader and surprise they're in seventh grade now. That's not about anybody specific, but I mean, it can happen, right? Yep. I'm going to say something and bring up something for just a second. I just don't even know how to, how to talk about this, but we, we, had, we had a 15-year-old in one of our last um, stops who actually, when someone was teaching about being fascinated with preschoolers, the 15-year-old was a volunteer, and she was sitting in the room being trained about preschoolers. Her mom asked her what the conference was like, and she said, Mom, this is great. But her statement was, I get to hear all these different people talk about things the church never talks about. And then she said, and they keep going deeper in faith. And I, and I thought, if, if we could just model something different for a generation who's coming up behind us to make sure that we're taking the family and parents and putting them up in this, in this space and zone to give them a different kind of dignity, whatever their family looks like, I think it's an opportunity for us to build a different kind of bridge. But when you start looking at what 500 parents have said about their parents, what I wish you would have done for my parent. What if we just decide in a real simplistic form, we're going to sit around with our teams and discuss that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it another way because I can get wordy because I'm old and I ramble. But I do have a future. Um, (laughs) What if you just decided as an individual leader or minister or as a teenager, or someone who's not a parent, I'm going to do for a parent what I wish someone had done for my parent. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is. We had these stories all over our screens at conference in this place where we create a gallery and an experience for people to walk through. And Albert Tate was walking through there and I, I watched him as a lead pastor writing down some of these phrases. And he said, I'm gonna do a sermon series where I pull families together and I ask them, what are the things we need to talk about? Because the truth is, and this is where, where I was going to go, this awkward. The truth is, most of us who have led a church as a pastor, because of theological reasons, sometimes because of qualifications of ministry, we haven't even understood or lived in the spaces where a lot of families have lived in. And yet we're trying to teach them how to navigate these issues and these complicated spaces. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we need to talk about is where are we reaching into families who've experienced a different version of family than we have and letting them actually be in spaces where they can influence each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You can't have empathy if you haven't seen. I mean, it really does go back to that. And, And it's, you know, how there's something that seems unfair about, this is the leading humans tour, right? We've talked about be human for a while, you know, this year. There's something that seems broken in us to me. It always frustrates me that it's almost impossible to fully see something until you experience it. I wish that weren't true, right? 
Because how many, have you ever but had a, a thing? a different level of understanding. Have you ever had the thing happen where I'll be, I'm, I'm like, I would never, you know? Or I don't know how anybody could. And then you experience and you're like, oh. Oh, okay, okay. And so we have to be in spaces with people who have experiences that we've never had because they understand what we cannot experience. And it takes all of us, I think, to really be the church together. So There's actually a verse for that I just thought of where God says, I'm the God of all comfort. I will comfort you in your trouble with the kind of comfort that you can comfort others. Come on, Reggie. Mm -hmm. So... You know why we got Couture up here, right? I mean, honestly, not only does she give us incredible wisdom, but man, when we finish with Couture, we feel like we're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. Um, I mean, I mean, it's just she's got that kind of. But really, we yeah. we are required to get into the hole to understand in a way that we don't. Yes. You want to add a kind of a wrap? Can I? So, and I'm thinking of just opportunities, being intentional about getting this information right. If we want to get real practical, we learned there's a brother, he might be in the room, Andre from One Community. This is a great brother. We had, where's Dre? There's Dre. Oh, this is a good man to know. He's local. But he shared something with us yesterday at lunch. He said on Sundays, or he picks a Sunday every month. I'm probably messing it up, Dre. But you can see his head. There's a light bulb shining over the top of it. Easy to <laughs> well, he, he has my, my haircut. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's dope. But he said he takes families out. He's not intentional about a speech or something prepared, something manufactured. He says, I'm going to get some families around a table at a pizza place. Let them get to know each other. Let their kids spend some time. They become friends. We build community. And then we just kind of wrap that so way and we go from there. And we thought that's such so an good. incredible idea. So, so when I think about opportunities, I couldn't take this moment without sharing just a new that's nugget. Good. And this is coming from someone who's been in ministry for over 20 years. And that blessed me to hear that. So if I had to stick a pin in it I would say be intentional about the opportunities don't be afraid to lean in because sometimes it's the people that are afraid to reach out that you're leaning away from and if you would just get together it would be the strength of your community your ministry and your your entire everything that you do everything mm-hmm. that you do in life with the people that you're peopling with mm-hmm. it would make all the difference so That's just great. lean into That's an great. opportunity and, I, and I'm going to say something specific in a sentence and you're going to rap right here they were here trying to clap Reggie no I know yeah, yeah. They wanted to clap yeah. for me. I, Let it happen. No, that right. is a good thing. I'm teasing you. I was going to echo something because they, I get excited when I'm. Why do I get so excited? I need to stop, calm down. This <laughs> is my buddy, um, guys. And here's a good test if the families you're hanging out with are exactly like yours, mm-hmm. you're in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not really learning what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Intellectual humility is knowing what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure we do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We want to thank you for joining us as we get to know the voices of Orange Conference 23. Now, if you like this episode, we'd also love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out all the workshops and get your tickets to Orange Conference 23 at theorangeconference.com. We'll see you next time on the Think Orange podcast.